Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and it is a joy to have you connecting with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about serving is the master key. As always, this is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with, as I believe I have a word from the Lord for you today. Starting in Mark chapter 10, looking at verse number 35 and concluding at verse number 45, The Bible reads like this. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? He asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering? I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering? I must be baptized with. Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with the baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Verse 45 reads like this, for even the son of man came not to be served. I want you to underscore that in your Bible, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Once again, verse number 45, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. This lengthy passage of scripture that I just read to you, so much here to unpack, and I can't do it all, but I just want to give you, in my opinion, the summation of these verses that I read to you. A lot of people want to be great, but many don't want to serve to get there. I'm going to say that again. A lot of people want to be great, but a lot of people just don't want to serve to get there. See, James and John and the sons of Zebedee, they had youthful exuberance. They believed that they could do these wild and crazy things because they really didn't understand how to really flow with the Lord. And so they thought that they could do these grand and wonderful things. They had a lot of false moxie and a lot of false bravado, but the Lord tried to help them to understand 
that if you want to really get somewhere in life, serving is the way. And many people in the body of Christ and people that are Christians and followers of the Lord, they want to be successful. And there's nothing wrong with that. I too want to be successful. But the way that the Lord has designed us to do it is through serving. Because it's through serving that we really understand the purposes of Christ. It's through serving that we really stay on our square of humility and understanding that really only what we do for Christ is really going to last. So for these few moments in time, I want to give you five keys to remember about serving. Here's point number one. Submit to the plans that God has for you. Not everybody else, but you. The reason why is, is because discouragement sets in quickly. When things don't turn out the way that we thought that they would, people become hard-hearted to the word. Nobody wants to pray anymore. Many people don't want to come to church anymore. So we need to submit to God's plans again. Jesus would often shift gears on the disciples to see how submitted they were to the Father's plan. And Jesus understood the power of submission. He even said, Lord, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me because it's a bitter cup and I don't even want to drink it. But then he said, not my will, but Lord, let yours be done. And that's the dichotomy there, because the truth of the matter is the Lord was very real about what he had to go through. And he wanted to get out of it because he understood the pain and the agony. But he also understood that there's going to be joy if I continue in this journey and take my rightful seat next to the father again. And so because of that, he quickly assessed the situation And he said, Lord, I'm going to do it. And you've got to have that same tenacity that when things get difficult and hard, you've got to stay in the fight and understand that this is a good fight of faith. There's a lot of fights that people get in, but a lot of them are not good because they're not going to win. If you're going to get in any fight, get in a fight that you know you're going to win and fighting the good fight of faith and submitting to the plans that God has for you will cut down on the mistakes that you're about to make, the choices and the decisions that you're trying to make even now. I want you to know that God has a wonderful plan for you, but he can't give it to you if you won't submit. Come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and I promise you, things are going to work out for you. Point number two, ask the spirit of God to fill you again with love for people. This is so important because the Bible says that as the crowds gathered around Jesus and the 12, Matthew records that Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. When you grow weary in serving, the first thing that really goes is love for people. So what do you do when you don't love people anymore? What do you do when you don't want to be around people anymore? What happens when you are just disgusted with everybody? And let's just keep it real. This happens in our life far too often. We just don't want to be around people, but we've got to ask God to fill us. Catch this again. It's not enough to be filled one time or even two times. Many times we have to go back to the Lord and say, Father, fill me again with love, genuine agape love for the people because I'm just tired. 
I'm tired of them. I'm tired of their excuses. I'm trying to help them. I'm frustrated, but we need God's power because it becomes hard when you helping people and they are showing no appreciation for your efforts. It's like you supposed to be helping them and they don't realize that you could be doing other things. But I want you to realize Jesus looked at that scene and he assessed it quickly. And he realized these folks have no shepherd. They have no leadership. They have no guidance. They have no direction. And so he stepped in. Why? Because he understood how he was rejected by men. So the Holy Spirit wants to fill you again, wants to give you the right stuff so that you'll know how to help people. You'll know when to help people. And you also know how long to help them. I think that's very key. Point number three, trust God to give you what you can't give yourself. I'm going to say that again. Trust God to give you what you simply cannot give yourself. When the disciples gave Jesus the two fish and the five loaves of bread, Jesus took it. He broke it and he blessed it and he gave it back to them to feed to the people. Jesus took the disciples' obedience and he multiplied it. Most times you don't see the fruit of your service to others, but our limitation serves as a reminder that God doesn't need our service, but he delights to use us if we are willing. Here's what I want you to say to yourself, Lord, I am willing. Come on, say it again. Lord, I am willing. One more time, and I want you to hear yourself say this, Lord, I am willing. That's the real issue. Are you willing? If you are willing and obedient, the Bible says you will eat from the good of the land. I've met a lot of people in my lifetime, and the one thing that stops them is that they're not willing. In other words, they want to dictate how something is going to be done. And this is why, again, like I said to you, we've got to submit to the plan of God. When we do that, it tells the Lord we are willing. Just our submission alone says I need leadership and guidance. If you want to see things come to pass, we have to get rid of this thing called I'm unwilling. And we're unwilling because we just don't want to do it. We see it differently. But I want to tell you, we got to trust God to give us what we can't give ourselves. There are things that can only come from the Father because he knows what we need. And the very thing that they needed in that story was the two fish and the five loaves of bread. They didn't have it, but they were obedient. The disciples were obedient to go find the two fishes and five loaves of bread. And the Lord got involved in that. And through their obedience, God took it and he multiplied it. Catch this. He did it for the people, not for the disciples. He did it for the people because they were hungry. They needed to be fed. Look at the love and the compassion that the father had. But miracles many times don't come to pass because we are unwilling to do what we need to do. We're unwilling to go the extra mile. We're unwilling to see things the way that he sees them. I often say this, that every act of obedience gets you one step closer to the miracle. I'm going to say it again. Every act of obedience, which means you're going to have to do something, will get you one step closer. If you are looking for a miracle, the real question is, 
Are you going to do what the Lord asks you to do? If not, you're not going to see things come to pass. And again, we get frustrated. We've got all of these questions for the Lord. We've got all of these negative things to say. But I want you to see some things in light of maybe your behavior needing to change because serving is the master key. And if you can get this in your heart, it will most certainly take you to the next level. Point number four, get away, seek Christ and rest. This is so important. Get away, seek Christ and rest. Notice what Jesus said. I think this is important in Mark chapter uh, six, starting at verse number 31. The NLT says it like this. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Jesus said this. You mean Jesus rested? You mean Jesus got away from the crowd? Yes. He said to the disciples, let's go off. Watch this by ourselves to a quiet place, not a loud place, not where everybody is. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to rest. The real question again, do you practice this? Because if you don't, this is why things get at you. This is why you get frustrated easy. This is why your life is on 10 all the time. This is why it's very difficult for you to have direction. Jesus understood the power of getting away. He understood not just getting away, I'm getting away to rest and get rejuvenated for the plan of God. And so he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Now, you know you busy when you don't even have time to eat. And it should be an indication that maybe you're just being busy, but not productive. They're not the same thing. You can be running around with your head cut off like a chicken, but that doesn't mean you're being productive in the things that God is telling you to do. So one of the ways to hit the reset button is to go away for a day or for two days or for a week if you can to get some rest. And Jesus did this because there were so many people at him pulling on him, pulling on his anointing, pulling on his power. There were so many needs that the people had. And Jesus realized if I'm tired, I cannot meet the needs of the people. I want you to hear this again and see the humanity in Christ. He realized that if I'm tired and worn out and I'm looking at my own disciples and they are tired, they are worn out. They can't help me do what I'm called to do. And so we have to have some wisdom when we're doing the things of God. Don't wear yourself out for people. Don't just go the extra mile for them, but you're depleted. Take some time and rest. Why? Because the anointing won't operate properly on a tired body. It won't produce any power. And as a pastor, I understand this. I've got friends of mine that are pastors and preachers and teachers and different things of that nature. And sometimes we think we superhuman because we just want to help people and we just want to bless them. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to hear this again. The anointing on a tired body won't produce any power. But when you go away, 
and you rest and you relax and you eat and you nurture yourself and you take care of yourself, then the anointing on your life will last longer because it's got to work with flesh and blood. It's working with you. And so if you're out of shape and you're not eating the right foods and you're not doing the right things, you are going to be worn out. I tell people in our church, especially that serve in in different kinds of ministries, I won't let them serve in no more than two because I realize that it's very difficult to even serve in one. And you've got a lot of people who are zealous. You know, they come to me and say, Pastor, I want to serve in this ministry. I want to serve in that ministry. They're just excited, but they don't have any wisdom. Because one ministry that they're serving in will wear them out. And so I have to see how well they can just serve in one ministry and be on time and be excited and do what is necessary before I will even let them be a part of another ministry. Because I know the demands of family. I know the demands of children. I know the demands of life. And so we have to have some wisdom even when we are helping people learn how to serve God. It is key to serve God. It is important to serve God, but we must have some wisdom when we do it. And so this blesses me and it helps me to even do these things and practice it in my own life. And it's not easy because as you are, many times you may not have the finances to get away, but you don't always need money to go to the park. You don't need money to go up the street to a quiet place and just focus and just take an hour, take two hours, take some time in a quiet place, wherever you can go. Even if it's in your car, shut everything down and say, you know what? I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to meditate and I'm going to allow God to fill me so that I have something to give. Many people are pulling on you and you are out of gas. You are done. And if you don't get rejuvenated quickly, you're going to walk away. But use some wisdom. Take some time for you. Get away. Seek Christ and rest. Point number five. And here's the last point that I want to give you. Always remember who you're serving. I want to say that again. Always don't ever forget who you're serving. See, many times people can get in the way and cause you to lose your heart and passion for God. And he is the one you should be serving in the first place. We must be spirit led as we are serving people. Watch this, because everyone will not be helped by you. Wow. Let me say that again. Everyone won't be helped by you. I had to learn this as a young pastor because again, we want to help everybody, but everybody won't be helped. Everybody's life won't be changed. That's the sad part. Everybody will not get this message. Many times we are trying to help people and they may not want your help. They may not believe you can help them. They may not want what it is that you're sharing with them. So when people don't want your help, don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. You got to keep moving. This is what Jesus did. He knew this, and this is why he stayed fresh for his assignment. If you want to stay fresh for your assignment, be spirit-led while you're helping people. I tell parents this. I tell grown-ups this. Because as parents, we want to help our children. I'm talking about grown children now. They leave your house and you want to give them advice. 
and they may not want your advice. Let me give you a little piece of wisdom. Advice not sought is advice not taken. When grown children that have left your home, they're not seeking your advice. Don't give it because it says they don't want it or they believe that it's not a form of disrespect. Many times it's just that they may be trying to figure it out. So we've got to be led again. I hate to be redundant here, but we've got to be spirit led. Those that are led by my spirit, they are the sons and daughters of the most high God. And so even while we are helping people, let's be led in how we help them, how long to help them. If someone seeks you out for help and you tell them to do something or you ask them to do something or you give them some wisdom and some advice to help them along the way and they never do it and they never do it and they never do what you have given them an assignment to do, then it may be a season for you to just walk away. Just go in another direction and say, you know what, I've tried to help you. You've come to me for help, but it doesn't seem like you're buying into what I'm trying to tell you. Just go away. It's okay. And maybe they'll think about it and come back to you and say, you know what, you're right. I'm going to begin to do what you've asked me to do. Again, Jesus was excellent at this. He did not stay longer than he needed to. Why? Because he was on assignment. And the scripture talks about there were many things that Jesus did in a three and a half year period of time of ministry. He did more than millions will do in a lifetime. And the secret was he knew how to serve. He knew when, where, how long, and when he felt resistance, he knew this was not the path that the Lord had chosen for him. We meet resistance many times and we try to plow through. If the Lord would meet resistance, he'd quickly get in prayer and say, okay, Lord, what do I need to do next? He asks questions in prayer. He asks questions in his time of meditation with the Father. And we have to do that. We've got to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn how to flow with God, even in our serving, because this thing can get difficult. Now, I want to give you this passage of Scripture because I think this is another powerful verse. Let's look here in Exodus chapter 18, and we're going to start here at verse number 13. This is about the life of Moses. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning and until the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou by yourself? And all the people stand by thee from morning unto even. And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. And when they have a matter, they come unto me. And I judge between one another. And I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. That's Exodus 18, verse 17. You might want to underscore this scripture. Notice what his father-in-law, he gave him a word from the Lord. He said, Moses, the thing that you're doing is not good. And here's why. Thou will surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it by thyself. So here's what I want you to do, Moses. 
Hearken now unto my voice, and I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. He said this, be thou for the people to Godward. Underscore this, be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws and shall show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. Jethro gave Moses a great piece of wisdom. And I just want to echo what he said, especially for those of us that are serving. And serving is the master key. But we've got to remember who we are serving. And in the case of Moses, he was there from morning until evening and he had his heart in the right place. He wants to help people like many of you do. But his father-in-law just watched him and said, man, you wearing away and the people are too. In other words, you're not helping them. You think you are. And we've got to have some trusted people in our lives that can look at some of the things that we're doing and say, you know what? There's a better way you could be doing what you're doing. You cannot be a one man band. You can't be a one man show. Take it from me. I've tried it before and it never works because you get tired and you get frustrated and you get mad and you can't help anybody. And so Jethro is telling Moses, listen, man, you need to be God word to the people. Be thou for the people to God word. In other words, stay in the face of God and get your instructions from God and then bring you some people around you that can help disseminate what you are hearing from God to them. That's effective leadership. That's effective serving because one man cannot do 20 jobs. One man cannot be effective doing all of these things. And so to prolong your life, to prolong your strength, we've got to have people around us. I want you to begin in your own prayer time asking God to send you some people around you, especially if you are a business owner or you're a pastor or you have a nonprofit or even if you are just in your family dynamic, you need some help. Ask God to send you some help, some people. There's nothing wrong with getting support staff. If you're a single mom, if you're in a marriage relationship, if you're in a business, if you're in a church, you need some help. You're wearing away. This thing that you're doing is not good. And serving is the master key. But prayerfully, you've heard some things that I said. We've got to serve with wisdom. We've got to be spirit-led in our serving and not have this hero mentality. Sports athletes have this hero mentality, especially in basketball. In the waning minutes of a game, they want to do everything themselves. They forgot that there are other teammates on the floor. Now, there are times when you just need to go get a bucket. But I promise you, when you run a play and run it the way the coach is telling you, everybody can get involved. Watch this. And it preserves your strength and your energy. For many of you, you are losing your strength, your vitality, your energy, your passion, because you like Moses, you're wearing away and you're doing a good thing. You're doing a good work. But even Paul said, yay, I show you a more excellent way. There's a better way to serve the people. And when Moses began to put this in place, watch this, it empowered the others that were with him. 
And that's what you want to do because we're not here to get the glory for ourselves. We're working together as a team, as a unit. Why do you think Jesus took 12 disciples? So he could disseminate the work. So the work could continue. And he took them aside on that day and he wanted to teach them about serving. He wanted to teach them and help them to understand this master key. And as they followed Jesus and as they were with him and saw the miracles that he did, he was helping them to understand and know, I'm not doing this in and of myself. The Father is helping me to do it, and I want to help you to do it. And when they got that in their heads and in their hearts and in their spirit, they were able to carry the ministry of Jesus for years and years to come. And then we were introduced to it. And so we've got to keep this going and understand and realize that there's a way that seems right, but the end thereof could be destruction. So let's look again, my brother. Let's look again, my sister, and live and learn how to serve in the kingdom of God. Let me recap. Point number one I gave you, submit to the plans God has for you. Point number two, ask the spirit of God to fill you again with love for people. Number three, trust God to give what you can't. Number four, get away, seek Christ and rest. And last, always remember who you're serving. When you do these five things, I really do believe it will change your life and help you to see that serving is the master key. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this blessed you. If it did, shoot me an email. Let me hear from you. You can send it at info at thomasadeloach.com. I've got a website. You can go there right now at www.thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber box on the homepage. Put your email in there and click send and I will give you something, a free PDF that you can read and encourage you. Also, on that same website, just scroll all the way down till you see the donation tab. If this ministry, if this podcast is being a blessing to you and you want to give to it so that I can continue to produce these shows because they are not free. But if you believe in your heart, I want to sow something into to empower you to keep Pastor Deloach coming on week after week. I want you to do that today. No dollar amount is too big. No dollar amount is too small. I will be appreciative of whatever you give. And I know that the Lord will be pleased. Listen, I'm praying for you as always. Go and serve someone today, but do it with these five things that I've given you in mind, because the race is not given to those that have all the power and all the strength, but we need to understand and know that it's given to those that will endure and endurance comes from God. He can give us the ability to endure. He'll give us the wisdom and knowledge and insight that we need so that we can run this race and not get weary and tired. And even if we do, we know we can step off and we can get rejuvenated. We can rest and then get back in the race and keep going. So be encouraged until we connect again. Take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com.
www.bcrpodcast.com. Until next time, be empowered.